Hello and welcome to episode number 217 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. Good, good. We Living are back again. <laughs> yes, as much as we can do in this wonderful year. Um, but yeah, we are back with another movie to talk about this week. Uh, the first one in October. Can you believe it's already October? Because I can't. <laughs> uh, it's March. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're still in March. It is oh. March now and it will forever be March <laughs> until yeah. we get to this mythical beast that is 2021. Yeah, it's like the great, you know, like in the Apocalypse movies when, you know, you still have the movie posters up from that. That's what it feels like now of like, yeah, March 2020. Dude, they're, they're genuinely still up. Yeah, like, like there's, there's been a bond. <laughs> uh, there's been a bond poster outside cinema where I work, and it's it's got the March or oh no, sorry, the April when it released. Yeah, it's April, got the yeah. April release date on it, and it's still up now. <laughs> and I'm like, you realize that you're going to go bust because of this movie, and you're still out. You still got it up. <laughs> yeah, <It's laughs> because everyone's going to blame Bond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to get into the news now um, <laughs> because there's a lot of news to talk about. Um, some great news and some really horrific news, which we may as well start there because this news story is gargantuan. Um, so, yeah, this kind of broke over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, Variety posted about it, and then this was confirmed um, this week. And then I now have a, a write-up from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, but, yeah, basically, Regal owner Cineworld confirms temporary suspension of U.S. and U.K. operations. Um, the move will impact around 45,000 employees, and the company's stock dropped more than 40%. Uh, cinema giant Cineworld, the second largest global exhibitor behind AMC, who I believe owns Odeon. Um, yeah, I was wondering who owns Odeon. Yeah, because I think that was, you know, we had the whole thing of the yeah. AMC boss saying he wasn't going to release movies on demand and all that stuff. Mm. Um uh, so, yeah, early Monday morning, London time, it was confirmed that it is temporarily suspended its operation. Um, the move, which sparked shockwaves across the industry when it first came to light over the weekend, uh, impacts 536 Regal cinemas in the US and 127 Cineworlds and Picture Houses in the UK um, and comes into force from October 8th. Um, obviously, as we discussed earlier on, kind of. It was weird that so James Bond got delayed until I think it's around March or no, yeah, May, uh, something like that, yeah, um, yeah, in the sort of first quarter of next year, and then this is kind of what kicked all this off, which is weird because I saw mm. a lot of people really blaming this on Bond, um, which yeah, is weird. Ridiculous. I joke about it, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, like you can't blame. Of course, you can't blame this on any one movie. Nice. Um, but yeah, like a bunch Bond, of other movies. I think delayed. you know Bond was one of the final dominoes in 2020. You know, in terms of big releases, that's it now, isn't it? Yeah, so Dune, which was coming out in December, has also been delayed off yeah. the back of it. Um, as of right now, Wonder Woman, which did get shifted to Christmas Day, that is currently still correct. Um, right. but, but Disney pulled all of their stuff, so like Black Widow and everything else is gone. Um, yeah. So yeah, like as of right now, I'm pretty sure the only big major movie that has a release date currently in 2020 is still Wonder Woman. Maybe um, that Pixar movie? Yeah, I think Soul I, might still be coming out in, yeah, in November. I, I'm sure that that poster has gone up at a local cinema as well. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's just, you know, it's not Bond's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It just, this, this news story sucks. I mean, first and foremost, it sucks for the employees. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the, it's, it's going to massively infe- impact kind of, um, you know, the cinema culture that, that is... You know, we've spoke about it before, like, in, you know, we can't speak for the States or anything else. And like, it's it's weird because, you know, we've seen in 
uh, what was it, 2018, the most commercial, the most successful box office movie of all time in Avengers Endgame come out. Mm. And yet we talk to ourselves kind of more, more off air than on air, really, about um, how we see the writing on the wall for UK cinema and that it just doesn't seem viable in like, you know, the more rural locations where we live, where we we go to the cinema week in, week out, and we sit in 80% empty cinemas. Mm. And that's not just when we're seeing weird niche horror movies. It is when we're going to go see the um, Disney movies or the big, you know, Marvel movies or whatever. If we're not seeing them on opening weekend, the cinemas are dead, like, you know, where we are. And, And... or, you know, not nearly as busy as they can be, let alone the price point that they're at. And it just doesn't seem like they were viable long term. And then let alone something like COVID comes along and suddenly they're closed for six months and then they've opened. But I mean, you know, the UK cinema has been open for what, two months maybe now? Mm. Um, And we've been, and you know, we're avid cinema goers and what have we been twice? Uh, twice for the show, three times in total. Yeah, and do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and 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 we were hungry for it, and that, that's yeah. where we got to go because there's nothing to watch. Like, I'm not going to go and watch Pulp Fiction at the cinema. Like, I'm just it, it just doesn't interest me. Like, there might be the odd old movie that might pique my interest, but even then, like with COVID and everything else, I'm like, well, it's really got to be something that I really want to see. Do you know what I mean? Um, to get us out of the house, and I just yeah, I just think. With all of that, it's it's accelerated what we've already spoken about that that you know the the death of of cinema to a point, and I, it is worrying. You know, this this is a massive massive player that's now out of the game. Oh yeah, this this is really insane. Like to see this actually unfold in front of my eyes, I really couldn't believe it. Um, you know, the fact that they are saying it's a temporary suspension is like there's no guarantees. You know, the fact that their stock already dropped forty percent instantly. Um, they've now let go. Uh, I think it was it says forty five thousand total. I believe it is five thousand in the UK, and right. like that is just insane. And so like you're then going to have to do this massive reopening. It's going to cost you like billions of pounds next year. Um, I just can't see it happening. Um, but to get back to the, the actual topic, like, um, yeah, like I agree with you that like pre-COVID, like cinema was not looking good in the UK anyway. Um, no. you know, we've discussed it time and time how dirt cheap the tickets were from about two or three years ago now. And the fact that it stayed that way for so long is unbelievable. But um, one aspect is really interesting. I think I saw this in some articles over the weekend when this was kind of like rumored, but not actually you mm. know, confirmed, was that a lot of people were saying that like, in a lot of these foreign countries now, as speaking of places outside of the US, it's a really interesting conversation because there's, you know, people have gone to the cinema. There there is revenue. The, obviously, the problem is that there's no new movies. And so a lot of these cinema chains, and especially the independents, have started looking at these studios and saying to, to them, like, you need to start releasing these movies mm. because you're really only looking at one market, which, of course, is the US. But it's also mostly, I believe it was New York, and I think LA was the other one, where because so many of those um, cinemas, I know for a fact it was definitely New York. It's New York and LA, isn't it? Yeah, it was like the fact that those cinemas were closed obviously meant that these big companies don't want to put their movies out. But it's like you need to look at the worldwide cinema, not just this one place, and maybe take that hit in the short term. And I think that Tenet was a prime example of that, of 
as of right now, because I just checked it today, um, it's obviously not made a huge amount of money, but it made 45 million in the US. Um, I think it's been out for about five or six weeks now, um, but it's made 270 worldwide. Um, yeah. We've already crossed the $300 million mark, which in the midst of a pandemic is pretty insane. And it's it's revenue in everywhere outside of the US has been pretty good. You know, not exceptional, yeah. of course, but looking I at mean, it against everything else, it's done pretty well. And it shows you is... that there is a market for people if they actually release new movies what what was like uh interstellar well exactly like, yeah i mean it's not 800 million and, uh, you know it's a big no difference. and i think that's the problem that interstellar probably did maybe three to four hundred maybe not even that much uh internationally and then did five to six um in america hmm. and so you are giving up 60 percent of your revenue doing it and and obviously um you know the film companies have looked at it and said well this movie costs us no more money right now or, or almost no more money right now to sit yeah. on it. You know, if I mean, we... that's one just to quickly interject and say that stuff like James Bond who are moving their date around, for example, with this new date, like yeah. you said, you've seen posters, I've seen adverts watching sport of the weekend, you know, the, the new music. That's where it's a dumb choice, but you think mm. of, you know, you think of, um, uh, movie that got moved early, you know. Like Fast uh, or, and Furious, yeah, they just yeah, pulled it. Yeah, Fast yeah. and Furious. With, with, you know, they've not spent any of their advertising no. budget. That movie no. is just, it's just sat there and it's ready to go. You know, it's the stuff like Quiet Place for us for the podcast and Bond outside of the podcast that those movies have spent a budget and they're where they make less sense. But you look at them, um, you look at Fast and the Furious, shelf it for the year. They'll make that money when cinema is back, and and therefore they're okay. But the problem is, again, looking at just the UK, our, um, you know, our local cinemas were supported to keep the, the people working and everything else through the government, you know, up until recently. And that is coming to an end. And at that point, they either need to be open and generating money or they will have to shut down. And that's what Cineworld has done. Like, it, you know, come, come November, most of the handouts are stopping. And so at that point they have to look at it and say, right, well, we're going to have our doors open. We have to bring our employees back or we just got to get rid of them all and close the doors. Mm. And, and, you know, it's not a coincidence that this is happening, you know, first week of October when, when these handouts are stopping because, you know, they don't have movies. So they know they're not going to get bummed on seats. They've already tried it for two months. And, and, you know, like I say, no one's going to go see Pulp Fiction at the cinema right now. Mm. Um, but some people would have gone and seen Bond. And they would well, have gone that's the and thing. seen, you know, Wonder yeah. Woman. And, and that's why, like I say, it's not to point the finger at Bond, but because it's not the only movie. It's no, just it's the last. It's everyone. You know, the mm. fact that we could have seen A Quiet Place, that could have been Onyx. We could have seen Candyman. You know, we, we could Look have at seen Halloween. Halloween movie. is right around the corner and there's yeah. no one big horror movie coming out. The you fact know, that there and, wasn't and just one that stuck to it we, blows we my could mind. Have seen, we could have seen all these movies, um, but... It, it, they're only caring about the states and, and and obviously like you know so you know you think of local independent cinemas you think of um you know the prince charles like i just don't know how something like that is is gonna is gonna still function long term well they've said that they're so i did read a, a statement yeah just i, I saw an article about them. about them 
yeah, yeah, where they were saying that like for them it is different because they they do rely on older releases. They don't rely on new releases, so they are in good stead. Um, they are open, yeah, I believe, even, this week. Even, even them being in the heart of London, mm. they're going to have a massive hit on footfall. Like I saw that article and and definitely agree to it at a point that the movies are still there that people will still want to see, but mm. London is in a very different situation than what we're in right now. Yeah, uh, you know, and so I, you know, I, I still fear for them. Obviously, they have to put that out. They can't be like, well, well, we're a bit nervous. No one's going to rock up to our movies. Obviously, the article has to be positive. But yeah, you know, I, I, I still think there's a massive question mark over them. I think there is a return. I think my biggest takeaway to to kind of end this story is that like the the, the knock on effect of this sort of stuff is going to have this, this pandemic on on the film industry. I I, don't, I think people are really underestimating it. I think it will change this industry forever going forward um and i think that we talk so much about how man you know we joke about the mythical 2021 and all these movies that have release dates and even just for the show the amount of horror movies but then even taking away that these way bigger budget movies that have to get shown on cinemas but the big question is what happens if the cinemas aren't there when these movies want to come out um if we get to 2021 the pandemic's over ish um and or at least you know in a better place and people want entertainment but then something like a cine world if they don't have the the capacity to open back up and something like odeon which we've already personally seen struggle if the big chains do close down what is the future of film like you mm. like the, the simple answer which a lot of people say which is so stupid is to just put everything on demand and that is just not a viable option for the entire film industry going forward because if that's the case these are the last big big budget movies we're going to see for a very long time. It's going to completely yeah. reset the film industry. Movies that have two hundred and fifty think... million dollar budgets, like Tenet, are not going to be made anymore if cinemas don't exist. It's as simple as that. I think it will just be the number of screens. You know, I think you know. You look at, like you say, you look at America and what you touched upon there—the fact that two territories, you know, two states, pretty mm. much make the decision for them. Mm. And I would imagine it's the same in England. I'd imagine it's like you know, London, Manchester you know, Birmingham or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there, there are a few big cities that probably generate 80% of our cinema revenue. They don't mm. care what our local cinema is doing um, in terms of revenue. It's not going to make a dent. Yeah. And so it's going to be the ones like our local cinema that's going to go. And it will be the fact that there might be, you know, the IMAX, the true IMAX screens in the country. How many of those have we got? You know, like half a dozen, dozen. yeah, so like yeah. dozen maybe. They're like the they're the screens that will stay open, mm. and cinema will become a premium big city experience as opposed to everywhere. Because but then the is premium... that viable? Do you think that's viable? Yeah, because I think majority of the income comes from those screens. Mm. Like I said, I, I would imagine that the you know vast majority of of the UK's income comes from those IMAX locations mm. because of the footfall. They're not coming from our local cinema the revenue it's definitely, just not definitely not with the price we pay that's for sure no exactly <laughs> and and like i say so i can only take that view from our um local cinema but you know the big city cinemas have the higher price and they have the bigger footfall whereas mm. other rural places if they're in the same boat as us they're not just they're not going to make an impact on revenue so but yeah i mean i think that's enough business anyway <laughs> yeah i mean this is fascinating but, obviously it's not strictly horror to kick things off we have got plenty no. of horror news to follow but this is to, this is the most important news story to happen in 2020 in my eyes you know to see mm. the second biggest chain of cinemas in the world um and you know shut down their production in the in the states and the uk until early next year um is insane and obviously 
you know, for, especially for, for us to, to make note, we do go to Odeon. That just happens to be our local cinema. Mm. Um, so right now it's still open. Um, we are scheduled yeah. for a cinema visit for the next show, um, yeah. which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Um, but like, we don't know. Like every time we go now, as a case of like, this could easily be the last time we go to this place until it shuts down, which is an, a goddamn, it is that real end of the world apocalypse feeling of yeah, like, no. this could be the last time we ever go here. Um, so yeah, it's wild it's absolutely wild um so yeah before we go into the into the actual next news story i just wanted to say quickly that um for people that are interested in watching the twilight zone season two um i've seen some uh, adverts on the uk over the last week saying that it's coming to sky one this tuesday um it nice. says all episodes available um so i don't know and which is today as of recording so i don't know if it's going to be actually on tv or if it's just on demand but um i've seen the adverts a lot they are pushing it um season one did come earlier this year as well um so both seasons have now come to the uk and obviously we discussed it um for a show um and we were huge fans of it season two mm. is definitely worth checking out so for people that haven't been able to see it specifically in the uk so far um sky one keep your eyes peeled if you like your black mirror kind of anthology episodes twilight zone season two is very much worth a watch um, definitely currently season one is still available on demand right now not season oh, nice. two yeah but, so yeah, i think so hopefully, hopefully they'll add it will be added imminently yeah um but yeah um next up fright fest obviously they announced their digital lineup um mm -hmm. very shortly for the end of october and yeah i didn't go all the way into it i honestly couldn't be bothered to like compare and contrast every movie um i had a quick look at it and it did seem like most of the same movies um obviously we discussed that peninsula was not going to be there and that was that was clearly true um mm -hmm as we've discussed it's supposed to still be coming out theatrically again who knows at this point i i got an email today actually right. um from uh zavi to say that there's a i did see that order yeah for the end of november, november. yeah we did know yeah. that so it's it apparently yeah, if but, it but stays that, true now it's a real thing at yeah least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the pl initial plan which was in the news was that yeah blu-rays end of november and cinema start of november um so we'll see but yeah we will definitely see this movie before the end of the year <laughs> Mm -hmm. that's that's the only thing i can say for certain um but yeah fright fest looks cool there was still some movies like the, the kind of three or four movies that i highlighted a few weeks ago they are still showing um mm -hmm. but yeah we're not going to be doing it this year we, we've still got so much to do in october as is so we have mm -hmm. more time to watch like another 20 movies in a weekend um but if you are watching which like last time we said this and then no one really did it but um if you are going to the digital version of fright fest definitely let us know because i'd love to hear about the movies um but uh Definitely. yeah next up this one this one's really cool but also frustrating um because i believe it's us only and i, I want to find out more information about it um but the movie haunt um which was again a movie we saw at fright fest um which i think came to shudder as well um, um it's come somewhere in the uk yeah i thought it was shudder um but basically it never got a blu-ray release at all um no. which is a travesty for such a great movie and um a company called ronan flicks have now picked it up um coming out this halloween um nice. so october 22nd and they're doing a standard edition and a collector's edition um nice. standard like you say is pretty bog standard but the collector's edition is pretty wild you get 
um, multiple posters of all the killers. You even get a little reproduction of the map of the actual haunted location. <laughs> I love that. Um, you get six enamel pins featuring the masks of the villains. You nice. get some um, replica VHS box style magnets. Um, there's over five hours of new special features apparently as well. Um, and yeah, as of right now, I can only see a US listing of this. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, like this seems to be the trend this year. You know, put it next to 13 Ghosts and that lovely Friday the 13th collection. Um, because yeah, it doesn't look like UK only, uh, UK, which sucks. But yeah, yeah. this is awesome because I love Horn and I really want to rewatch it and I would yeah. love to get a Blu ray of it. It's currently, um, I didn't think it was Shudder. It's currently Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, because I have rewatched it. Nice. on amazon prime and it was fantastic second time around yeah i need to rewatch it but i would love to get like a physical copy of this because mm, like you say it's definitely. one of those ones that we had such a great time watching it at fright fest and it's so nice to have those sitting on the shelf yeah. um so yeah I'm, I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled if anyone sees this on any uk retailers definitely let me know but it sounds like it's For a sure. US one especially with these mm. blu-ray ones like usually if they have like worldwide rights or whatever they usually say it like straight away yeah um, but uh, yeah, next up, just a very short one. And uh, next news story is that um, Stranger Things has begun filming again, uh, begun yeah. production. That's not a small thing, bro. That's <laughs> not a small thing. No, it's not a small thing for us because obviously <laughs> we're very excited. But um, I don't know if you saw it. It was just a very small tweet. Yeah, just the tweet. Yeah. Um, you just said, nice. yeah. Meanwhile, on the upside down with the uh, sort of clapboard, and so yeah, they've they've begun filming. That was the plan. Um, we'd heard that that they were kind of trying to begin filming again. So, mm-hmm. who knows how far away this one is? But my God, I need some Stranger Things in my life. I need um, it so bad. But it just <laughs> makes me happy that you know the world is still spinning. Yes, um, in some capacity. You know, so mm-hmm. we are still getting you know new movies getting made as well. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like, you know, with Netflix, like they haven't got to worry about the thing that we just spent an hour talking about whatsoever. Um, You know, their service is already in everyone's home. So as long as they keep producing great content, which I'm sure they will, like they are just set to fly. You know, it's great for them. They want the cinemas to die sooner rather than later. Um, (laughs) But uh, next up is another new movie coming soon. Um, Not massively a horror movie, um, definitely a kid's film, um, but the, the kind of remake of The Witches. Um, you know, I think we discussed this on the podcast before. Hey, like, man, first witches movie was no kids movie. Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of people, if you've not seen it, um, people describe it as the scariest kids movie ever made, and I would a hundred percent agree with that. For sure. Um, it's absolutely awesome. I rewatched it last year. It still holds up. It's an incredible movie and is really terrifying. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you saw this one. Um that they obviously doing a remake the trailer came out um it's coming very soon um october 22nd um what's weird is it so it's a hbo max thing um mm. obviously they're like the latest streaming service they're really getting into this a lot and it, much like hulu there is no way to watch this um or to, or to subscribe to hbo max um obviously talking from a uk perspective a lot of hbo shows um, they do us- make their way yeah. well they usually end up on sky um mm. sky atlantic is pretty much hbo rebranded um with yeah. a lot of other shows um so i have to imagine that maybe sky will pick this one up and have as like a sky movies exclusive over the christmas but um mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, directed by Robert Zemeckis as well. Of course, is a huge name. Back to the Future, amongst many of other things. Um, mm. This trailer was weird. Like, it really reminded me that I've we've not really seen flat out remakes for a while. At least I haven't. Um, when I say that, I mean like true remakes in the sense of they are literally remaking the movie. You know, like 
it's the same thing but remade if that makes sense right. like, like it's really wild because we have a we have an award obviously at the end of the year called best sequel slash remake and we have stuff like it in there for example but like mm. it's so far removed even ignoring the book and just comparing it to the to the what was initially the original tv movie like there's so much a fresh stuff original like it's such it is clearly like a reimagining and of course we talk about yeah. like evil dead remake and how it's just it's a completely different movie with the same obviously essence of the original um whereas this very much felt like that old school style of remake the kind of psycho remake where it is just like we're just making the same movie pretty much for a new audience um so and it's a shame cause it's got a great cast mm. and the, I, I love the original but the, the trailer wasn't massively speaking to me because like i said before that the, the i only like a remake if there are certain obvious things in the original movie that don't hold up and having rewatched the witches everything held up to me um but yeah we shall see like i say we're probably I mean, not let's just hope they can actually make it a kids movie at this point and then at least it'll be enjoyable <laughs> for kids i was gonna say yeah um so yeah like we probably won't talk about this too much like i'll try and mention it if i do ever check this out at some point um because of course it is a kids movie but like it's really really cool the original um hmm. and then finally the new story this is a pretty mad one that came um hot off the presses earlier today so i hope you didn't see this one because i want to see your live reaction to it but uh resident evil just can't stay out of the news <laughs> i did see this <laughs> So, obviously, there's a lot going on with Resident Evil right now. Um, obviously, a new game that looks wonderful. Um, and I don't mean that. That really sounded sarcastic, but yeah, I didn't mean it that way. Stuff, no, bro. let's do that. No, it genuinely looks amazing. I cannot wait for Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah, there's Village. no jump um, back now. <laughs> it's everything that I want from a new Resident Evil. Fuck the remakes. Um, but uh, So, Netflix are obviously developing a live-action series. There's the animated series. Um, but I completely forgot that they were doing like a reboot of the the film franchise. That's I... right, not not a remake, a reboot, <laughs> um, which is supposedly a origin story adaptation, which is going to closely follow the video games, unlike the previous film franchise. Um, it's directed by uh, Johannes Roberts, who did the Strangers Pray at Night sequel, mm-hmm. um, and so this, so we got m- some basically more news that obviously it's going to be set in Raccoon City in 1998, which is like the original game, um, and we have a cast list here for the for the film. Um, so did you say you already saw this? I saw the news story, and I, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm I'm not clicking it. So I don't know. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'm really glad because, like, this cast is like surprising. Like, the fact that I know all these people is surprising to me. Um, so the first name is Kea Scaldolero, um, who was in Crawl, um, and a few other things. She's gonna be playing Claire Redfield. Nice. Um, we next up we have uh Hannah John Kamen, who she was in um Ant Man and the Wasp, she played the ghost in that. She's also in Black Mirror um the playtest episode i'm just picturing um, sorry going back to Kaya. i'm picturing yeah. her and crawl and, and I, I definitely see that one i see that yeah. one a lot the, these first three names i'm going to read like i think they've really done Ooh. a good job of casting these um but yeah so um yeah sorry uh hannah john came and yeah who's in black mirror i don't know if you remember her she's like in the playtest episode um she's like the girl at the start who kind of introduced mm. him to the video game company right um, yeah yeah. So she's playing, and she yeah, she's in Ant Man and the Wasp as well. Um, she's playing Jill Valentine. Um, and then this next one, pretty brilliant. Uh, I think you'll be a fan of this. I'm just going to say the name, and then you can tell me who he's going to play. Um, Robbie Amil. Bit bit of Leon. That's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, he is like a perfect Chris Redfield. Um, yeah, I thought that was really good. Casting. Yeah, no, he will be. He will be fantastic. He's um, like. 
especially oh christ what was it babysitter um, yeah babysitter yeah like yeah he will he will be hilarious like square face chris <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's the yeah. thing like i love his comedic chops and obviously yeah. chris is not comedic in the slightest so i wonder where they'll go with that um because yeah chris has always been 100 percent straight face so um that's going to be interesting but yeah like the couple of other names so tom hopper this is where like i don't know these people as well um tom hopper who apparently umbrella academy is his big thing that he's been in but i've not seen that um he's also been in game of thrones uh we'll be playing wesker um and then uh, yeah a couple of other names i've not heard of um avan jogia is playing leon um and neil mcdonoghue is playing william birkin um which is just a great name to see in a cast list um (laughs) for for fans of the original game um so yeah like that was pretty insane and again this is one that's apparently releasing theatrically in 2021 even though they've not even shot the movie yet yeah um but i mean what like again it's hard to get excited for things at this day and age but let's just live in a dream world where we can like i can't bro i'm sorry (laughs) a a hard reboot obviously that like not to go over the old resident evil films but they were obviously so removed from the video games and their Mm. own thing like do you have a passion for something that is more in line with those original games as a film yes Mm. yes i do uh will it be good probably not but Mm. if they can make that good um, yes, because I love aesthetically everything about Raccoon City and those characters. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the casting that you've just said there, um, I, I haven't, I can't picture the Leon guy because I don't know the actor, but all of the mm. other ones sound good. Um, the the Wesker one, I can't picture either, but, but kind of Claire, Chris and um, Jill all sound good. Mm. I think... Um, you know, seeing those creatures that we love from those original games and those locations in film could be very exciting. Um, it could also be hot garbage, but yeah, there is a there is a there is a world that we can live in that this movie could be super enjoyable and fun, and, and it's definitely something I'd want to see. Yeah, I'm I'm with you really. Where it's like you, it's obviously just a wait and see. Like it can mm. obviously go so many different ways. I think as a first step, as a cast, I, I'm more inclined to to be excited for this now because yeah, these are clearly great actors. Um, it's clearly it's a cast that just feels like it cares a bit more than I was mm-hmm. expecting. You know, you're getting people that not only are actually names that have been in stuff that are popular, you're not just like getting nobodies, um, but they do seem like they actually did some work to kind of map the correct actor to the correct role. Whereas I think with the Resident Evil movies prior, like I think they were at their best when they were creating original content and when they were oh, trying sure. to, when they were trying to do parts in the games, especially when they had characters pop up there in the games, they were just awful. They just felt like such joke Come Carlos was like the only one. Yeah, there was a couple that were okay, but I remember like I don't think I liked their Jill and like just no. Yeah, they just never felt all of right them, to me. All of them, you just had to warn to them. They just felt like glorified cosplayers yeah. to me. Whereas like, oh, you look like the character because you're wearing the clothes that that character wore, but you're not that character. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and you've got which the is going to be yeah, like it's that yeah. is going to be a hard problem, obviously, for them to overcome. But like you say, it could go a million different ways. We shall see. Um, I hope we but, get Ada Wong. Yeah, I mean, this sounds based upon, especially with Birkin, this sounds straight up Resident Evil. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I can see this in a mansion for most of it, you know, and like the, you know, the heel turn of Wesker will be like a late act reveal sort of thing. Like, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, it, it, depends it sounds on, like because obviously they've got, the they've got Leon. Yeah, that's the weird thing. The Leon really froze me and because Claire, if you, if, you know, well, yeah, like, it, um, 
yeah claire in there as well that is weird isn't it i forgot yeah. about claire being in there hmm. so yeah there's a, a weird one it is one and two but we will see like i said anything resident evil is going to get me excited until i see it and it looks awful uh, <laughs> yeah that's been oh, yeah. the case for what 30 years with that franchise <laughs> correct hey man. Oh, with my plague slipknot video for the first resident <laughs> evil movie is still the most hyped i've ever been about any movie full stop <laughs> <laughs> and listen i i still really like the first resident <laughs> evil movie and i wish they just stopped after that one yeah <laughs> um but yeah should we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about death of me yeah obviously this movie kind of came out of nowhere um we Ooh. discussed it in the news about a month ago because the trailer came out um yep. and obviously i was originally drawn to this movie because of the director um who is of course the director of the the number one movie of 2021 um darren lynn bosman ah, um, director of tales of halloween <laughs> and uh what was that other one we did uh, did we, we did do tales one. from halloween did we not I, was that i can't remember three Oh, it was. I don't um, think we've covered any of his movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Abattoir and Tales of Halloween's. Um, <laughs> I've not seen Bosman. either. I've not seen either of those movies. So oh, I've maybe seen Tales of Halloween. It's all right. I think actually, yeah, maybe I have. But either way, um, but yeah, it's weird with Darren. I'm glad you talked about his filmography because obviously he started with the Saw movies, which is yeah. crazy to think that those were like his first three movies. Was obviously Saw two, three, and four, which are brilliant. Um, I then have seen his two movies after that, which is Repo: The Genetic Opera and Mother's Day. Um, oh, Mother's Day! That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. I love Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day is awesome. Um, mm. So I really enjoyed his first five movies. And then I've not seen, I've not seen 11, 11, 11. I've not seen The Devil's Carnival. He actually did two of those. Um, and then most recently, yeah, Abattoir and St. Agatha. I've not seen either of those movies. Um, so I, so it's weird that kind of he's made at least five or six movies now. Like he's a very prolific director. Devil's um, Carnival sounds cool, man. Like, yeah, people like that. Seen it? I know, like, like, and again, there's a lot of these movies where I'm like, I need to, yeah, I, I am frustrated at myself because I would consider myself a fan, but mm. I've not watched a movie of his in 10 years. I remember, <laughs> I remember Abattoir was something that, was it, <sighs> I was trying to think when that came out, had, it, had we Abattoir... just missed it? Abattoir and St. Agatha were both like in our maybe pile for the show. Like, yeah. Both when they came out. I, I <laughs> and we swear, just never got around to it. I swear Abattoir, we had like, yeah, we had it in our docket to like review. And it just both both of them bombed. we did. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember Abattoir vividly. Yeah. Because of, of the name. Because was it also at Fright Fest or something? Yes, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I think it might have been at the first one we went to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's been floating yeah. around in the peripheral, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that, yeah, not only have we not covered any of his movies yet, but like you say, I've not seen one for a decade. Um, so mm. that brings us to death of me. Um, we are back. Yeah, we are back and we are looking at his movies. So yeah, I mean, what, what is this one about? Um, so if you are like me, um, you would have, I, I think, I think in future we should try to pre-record for the show my guess of what a movie is about <laughs> yeah. when I know nothing apart from the subject, <laughs> uh, the, the, the title of the movie. Because... Yeah, for people that want to know behind the curtain, usually it's around uh, Friday <laughs> night. That, um, Mike usually says to me, uh, so what movie are, are we, we seeing? A movie? <laughs> 
And I'm and I usually just shoot him over the title at this point because I used to try and get him more engaged and explain what the movie's about. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm just give my the my <laughs> engagement level does not change, so it's better, you know. I, and I feel like it's just more enjoyable for me. I get more of a buzz <laughs> out of it as credits roll, like rubbing my hands together, going, "Oh, what's this movie going to be about?" Every week, and, like, is it going to say like Halloween Kills in the text message? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, not even that. Just like Death of Me. I'm like, what is this? Is this like? Yeah. Is this happy death day is this is this a comedy is this is this a slasher is it a home invasion movie what am i gonna get here like, it is cool. it's, it's i didn't agree with that like i wish i didn't know anything about the movie sometimes yeah. like I, I play i play that game as often as i can and it's one of the <laughs> biggest enjoyments i get out of this podcast and you're not taking it away from me god damn fair it. enough i'm gonna keep i'm gonna only give you the titles <laughs> um but yeah when you actually discover what this movie is about um it's starring uh maggie q and uh the other hemsworth luke um <laughs> yes, the third one yeah the, the the other one and um yeah the uh, maggie q i've seen her in a few things she was in a tv show called stalker that i watched for a while all right um and a few other things and i really like her she was in um she was in one of the mission impossible movies as well wasn't she I believe so, yeah. And and a couple other things. And yeah, I, I like her. Obviously, um you can't go wrong with the Hemsworth in the movie either. Um, no. and, and yes, yeah, a good cast and kind of um yeah, stars those two as a um a couple um who are um they don't say the islands, do they, where they're on um, No, they just say it's an island off of Thailand, basically. Yeah, so it's an island off of Thailand and basically um yeah, they're, they're, they're staying there, they're vacationing. Um, I think kind of Luke's character, Neil, is um, uh, some sort of like a reviewer of these kind of holidays. So they're doing it for that reason. And he's kind of photographing it and stuff. Um, he's like a travel documentarian. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess kind of, yeah, the, the, the opening scene of the movie is them um, basically my worst nightmare in a, <laughs> in a travel scenario come to life. Uh in the first five minutes of the movie, they wake up completely like hungover from the night before. Their hotel room is a mess. They suddenly realize that they have to get the ferry off the island to go back to mainland. And it's a mad scramble for them to get into the taxi. The taxi then um, causes them problems. It doesn't take them to where they want to go. They get kicked out. They make it to the ferry last second, only to find out that they don't have their passports. Um and then just when it couldn't get worse, the ferry then drives away with all of their luggage boarded on it. Um, so they're left pretty much just with the clothes on their back and um, uh, basically spending the next kind of opening scenes of the movie um, retreading their steps of the night before um, and trying to figure out what the hell went down, what happened to their passports and how the hell are they going to get back on track, really. Mm. Um, and in doing that, they find... Um, which just made me chuckle because it, it just reminded me of Dude, Where's My Car? I'm not going to lie. Uh, where they literally get their phone out and they're, they're, what, they're looking at their videos and, and photos of the day. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I remember that walk on the beach. And, oh, look, we went for that meal. Oh, yeah, I remember the meal. And then suddenly they're like, I don't remember this. What's going on? And they eventually find a video that shows... Um, um, I guess I'm going to do what the, the punchline of the movie says on IMDb, a video that shows one of them killing the other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's just leave it like that. Um, yeah. And, and suddenly, yeah. Hence the one name of, them, of the movie. Yeah. The death, death of me. And yeah, one of them is 
murdered in this video and they are both watching this video both seemingly still alive mm. and a little bit confused as to what the hell's going on um and so as they start to obviously you know very quickly develop this distrust and for each other and what the hell's going on and also what the hell went down the night before but also how the hell do we get back to um um, the mainland and, and back to kind of you know get back home and it's it's a you know them trying to work together but also after just witnessing that video kind of thinking well what the hell's going on and i don't necessarily trust the um the other person yeah um yeah so i guess i guess that's the movie in a nutshell mm. um yeah why don't, why don't you give us your thoughts on this one? I'm curious what you made of it. So um, I think one, one of the first things for me was, um, well, the, the two things that stood out early doors was the, the setup, as, as I've just gone into. Those opening mm. scenes were, were super engaging. I really liked both characters. I really liked the, like I say, that frantic chase to kind of them to ultimately miss their, their, their boat out of there. Um, is literally my worst nightmare when I'm when I'm traveling. It's the thing that I kind of worry about towards the end of a holiday, like coming true and and you know seeing that on film and then kind of um, the video and me having no idea again about this and just seeing the video and seeing one of them kill the other one and was like what and like waiting like that is a real weird thing to see mm. and kind of um, unique, isn't it? I'm not really seeing. Yeah, you know that the two of them are watching one of them murder the other and it's like you know what does this mean and what what the hell's going on and what are the rules and and i was completely engaged up until that point um and then the other thing i was going to touch upon was the soundtrack of this movie the the, the sound of this movie it <laughs> it almost reminds me of like the trippy start to a lincoln park album do you know what <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> like, right. like and it's like that throughout where it's just like this real haunting melody that gets there's like a voice and the voice gets more and more distorted as the movie goes on and this movie does get very trippy and i think kind of um the soundtrack itself was was definitely one of the standouts um where at points the soundtrack was actually making me feel nauseous watching the movie and um, I, I thought I thought was was really fantastic, and and you could definitely get the vibes of his other movies as well, because obviously Saw has a fantastic soundtrack. Obviously, um, Repo is is you know all about the music and the soundtrack, and mm. um, and and yeah, like um, you can tell that that's important to him, and it's definitely prevalent in this movie. Um, yeah, going into my overall thoughts on it, I don't. I don't think the movie delivered on its original premise for me fully. I think um, I was enjoying it, and then it it just went it went super long with like not a lot happening because the characters are, you know, ultimately at this point just trying to figure out what the hell went down the night before and what's going on with them. And because um, effectively, what happens that night is they take a, a drink cocktail, which was clearly spiked with something. You see that in the video at the beginning of the movie. And for the rest of the film, there are a lot of trippy things going on and things that are, are they real? Are they in their imagination? Are we following them down this, this kind of, you know, trip or, or, or is what they're seeing is real? And that's ultimately one of the biggest questions throughout this whole movie. And I think it, it got to the point that um, it just, it meant that I was losing weight behind the, um, what was happening on screen because 
um, I, it got to the point that everything felt like a dream sequence. And, and obviously, like, that's one of your big pet peeves. But, like, mm. you know, this is not quite a dream sequence, but it almost is as well. And and so, you know, when, when a character suddenly starts to go weird, I'm like, oh, okay, we're in one of these trippy things again. And, mm. it, and yeah, it just, a lot of the horror and a lot of the... Um, the the kind of um tension were in these moments and and they they started to just lose all weight for me and and you know it, it, the movie started to feel very long um there's a point where we are just left um like the two characters get separated for a long long amount of time and um i i looked at the time and i was like oh my god like i've got 50 minutes left of this movie I was like, how have I got 50 goddamn minutes left? And um, it, it really felt that when I was getting through it. And when we got to the final scenes and it unpacked what it was all about, I I, I liked it. I, I liked the, 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 the full kind of picture of it, but um, I didn't love it. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a real weird one for me because I definitely enjoyed parts of this movie, but, but ultimately the, there was that big chunk in the middle where I was super bored. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I sadly agree, and I think it re- it really actually reminds me of the conversation we had last week. Um, because again, I think this is a movie that has a really cool premise, mm. um, that just fails to deliver on it, like you said. Where I think the entire selling point, the entire uniqueness of this movie is this the the title of the movie, you know, and it builds to. I like that it has this kind of splash card quite late into the movie. Yeah, it's like a ten um, or fifteen minute splash card, isn't it? Yeah, and so it's cool because like that, it's like it gets there, and then you're like, oh my god, one of these characters is now supposed to be dead but they're not what's going on and mm. you want that to be the driving force of the rest of the movie and finding out what happens and and and, you, and you're like right can you make this into an interesting movie and i think sadly the answer was no because it just ends up becoming very generic it it doesn't it starts to slowly weave in the whole death sequence but ultimately the entire movie really is just a generic fish out of water story where you mm. have these two characters stuck in a foreign land and they're everyone's acting a bit weird um there's some clearly some shady shit going on and they're just trying to work out what's going on and they're trying to get out of there and like what you said there's so many different factors as to why they can't leave so then they're just trying to find out kind of what's going on and it's a lot of just them going up to random people a lot of people don't speak english Mm. um they then get maybe a morsel of information that leads them to another person who doesn't speak english and it's just kind of like it's just a bunch of scenes really that don't really go anywhere filtered in with these scenes of hallucinations like you've mentioned um which of course i'm i'm just not a fan of because that is clearly when they are the small moments when you're just trying to like shoe on in the moments of horror and it's like oh creepy hallucination with some cool visuals that doesn't really mean anything right now let's go back to wandering around this land and asking more questions that aren't getting us anywhere and it does just do that for about 45 minutes yeah. and and again that's why i think it reminds me of last week where we said that where it had this cool setup and then the middle act is where it's supposed to take you somewhere it just kind of goes around in circles so then again by like the one hour mark I, I was just kind of bored with it and so then you have another 30 minutes and this movie definitely has a better conclusion to last week like stuff happens and it, and it is at least engaging and interesting um so it does it did start to get my attention in the last sort of 20 minutes i'd mm. say um but i it, it was just so boring in the middle of this movie yeah. where nothing really happened and i think that's where 
I was just disappointed that um, a guy like Darren, who is clearly such a, a, a talented filmmaker, I just wish he could have got more from this in the middle part um, because it, I, I don't really know what you can do just as a director, of course, because you can only work with the script that you have. But there just wasn't enough happening to kind of keep me engaged. I feel like we say this so much on this show is that great movies keep the the, the viewer engaged entirely the entire time like look to any movie that we've enjoyed even a movie like spree that is like a very basic concept always has stuff happening it always characters are always doing stuff there's always development you're never bored and with a movie like this it was just like they they forget that they need to kind of keep you entertained and and they almost rely too much on the characters um to be like oh you'll 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 feel engaged because you you care about the characters at this point and I almost feel like that's just it's, it's basically saying like I don't have anything interesting to do so you're just going to love these characters and you know to, to bring it back to the characters like I loved the, the two actors I thought they were brilliant I believed them as a couple um, I thought they just both nailed it what they were doing um, every scene with both of them like I've not seen either of them in too much um, our two leads but I thought they were both exceptional and mm. I think that is the problem with a movie like this is almost like I guess as a filmmaker, you kind of go, oh, I'm just going to let the actors do the carrying. You know, they're doing the heavy lifting here, where it's like, I'm, I'm watching the movie because I'm enjoying their performances. But outside of their performances, there really isn't much else going on in this movie. No. Um, and so that's where I ultimately was disappointed with it. I think I, I agree with you that the soundtrack I really liked. Um, mm. The sound design or sound mixing or however you want to call it, I really didn't like. There's a lot of loud screeches and, and high-pitched noises for no real reason, um, especially yeah, in, the, the in the hallucinations. That was, that was banging. The, the rest yeah, was, was, yeah. Yeah, like, and that's weird to me because the, I actually had that down as one of my notes of like there was a clear distinction between the soundtrack, which was really good, and then the use of sound in certain scenes, particularly in these hallucinations, that was way over the top. And obviously that's a trope that you see in a lot of horror movies, like loud, high-pitched screeches. And they're not even like jump scares. It's just like irritating in the background. Mm. Um, I think a movie that is very similar to this in a lot of ways, which I'm surprised we've got this far without talking about it, um, is Midsummer. Um, mm. I think this is... This, this has so much in common with that movie, you know, talking about these characters in a foreign place. There's a lot of weird stuff happening. They're trying to figure out what's going on. There's even like, we haven't even mentioned, but there's like a festival going on at this time in this place um, that, that, that this couple started to get involved in, in in interesting ways, which again is very similar to Midsummer. Like I was all, almost expecting them to become like the May Queen at the end of this movie. Um, and, and also the, you know, the use of sound in that movie is these kind of haunting songs, which I think this is what this movie was going for as well um but it's just not midsummer you know it misses no, a lot of the, the things problem. that it, you know it's not shot the way midsummer <clears throat> is it's yeah it's, it's pointless to even compare outside of just the, the actual story of it but i think it's just fundamentally like you say the plot side of mm. it because i think the bit that both got us engaged was the um the fact that it is you know the death of me mm. and and it's um these two people watching a video of the other one of one of them killing the other and and the fact that um you know that that is like what the hell is this what world are we in where they're watching this um so you know and and, and like they almost didn't even explore that mm. in in terms of um being like how the hell is one of us you know still, still alive like what what is this what what is going on like um something's clearly 
you know, wrong hair and everything else. They're all, they're, they're, they're so focused on just getting off the island still. <laughs> yeah. And they not, really not, and, not care about that. Do they? <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh yeah. Well you, you, you died last night. They're like, yeah, mm. you killed me. They're like, well, we should probably just get home. They're like, yeah, this was rough. Weren't it? And yeah. I'm like, no, I'd probably want to talk about the fact that one of you just got buried alive on a video and yet you're now in front of me talking. Um, you know, and I think, I think that was the bit when they kind of, you know, I could almost see that it being like denial to begin with, but like as mm. the movie progresses, they never really as a couple explore the pivotal moment at the start of the movie. They, they're just still focusing on getting off the island and kind of um, the fact that one character begins to struggle and have these kind of signs like sicking up dirt that, that might make you think there's something wrong with them. It's almost like an inconvenience that they're like, oh, well, at this point, I've got to go to a doctor or something, I guess, because, you know, yeah. you, you look like you're in a bit of trouble. And they're like, yeah, no, no shit. You killed me last night. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, they needed to explore that side of it a bit more, whereas whereas it was just almost, you know, it almost felt like a movie tagline, and that's not really what this movie wanted to be about. You know, mm. it, it felt like th- that idea was very much a backseat and, and was still pretty much a backseat by the end of the movie. The end of the movie was something very different. And like you say, it started to become quite generic. It, we started to weave in the fact that they are fish out of water and this festival is going on that they don't understand. And like this sort of thing, you know, it doesn't overly link to the fact that one of them killed the other one, you know, no, it really it, doesn't. you know, <laughs> and so, you know, that's why this movie is super confusing for me. Yeah, I think th- that's why like this movie is just a disappointment because that is everything that this movie should be about is it's the it's the title they build to it brilliantly. I, I you know I initially heard the premise of this movie and I, I talked about watching the trailer on the news a few weeks ago. Um, but to refresh that, I I'd watched the trailer. I see the cool moment where it's like, oh my god, one of them killed him, and then the rest of the trailer was just a bunch of like trippy weird sequences that didn't make any sense to me. And I remember after watching the trailer being like. I didn't enjoy that trailer, but I hope the movie's good. And ultimately, I think that trailer was a pretty fair reflection of what this movie is, mm. where it is just like, here's this cool setup, right? What are you going to do with that? You know, you think of something like a Happy Death Day that has also like a very wild premise to kick things off of like a character dying, waking up, and now they're replaying the same day over and over again. But it's like, imagine that. But then the character just doesn't even reference the fact that they keep dying. And then they and then another aspect of the story becomes the main will. Like, mm. oh, I must get my paper done or something like that. Mm. You know, it's like it's really weird to me that the main power focus of this movie isn't what the hell happened last night. Yeah, it really it really is what's going on on this island. How do we get off on this island? Why are people acting this way to us? Which is it's really disappointing. I think there's there's a couple of moments in it that are really sloppily written as well. You mentioned that um that they get split up mm. and the reason for them being split up is so poorly written where you know they've gone through this horrific stuff. They're really oh, trying to laughable. They're really trying to like find out what's going on, on this island. They got their backs against the wall. It's them as this couple against everyone. And then she's like, "Look, I know I know you're a documentarian and you want to go film some stuff. Like it's fine. You can go film some stuff." And he's yeah, like, "Yeah, like a okay. little bit of the festival goes <laughs> go past and he's like looking yeah. at it and she's like oh go on you little yeah go, and he's like all right fine and it was yeah. just like, it, it was it was Come just on. laughable because yeah it's just um it was so yeah, unbelievable it, it was so unrealistic yeah. and it really ruined their relationship for me because i really yeah. believed them as a couple prior well, to that well, moment that was, that was the problem that like you know i really i i never you know 
truly got them as a couple. And, and the more I watched the movie, the more they felt disengaged to the point that yeah. it was like, were they married? Were they, were they just a couple? Mm. Like, you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, by the end of it, I'm like, I just feel like they were, you know, mates that just met before they flew out there, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, so yeah, it, it's just, a, it's a real, like I say, it was, it's, it's a scramble of things really where you, you can kind of, you know, both, both, um, you know, Maggie Q and Luke Hemsworth were were really good in this movie in terms mm. of their performances. Maggie, especially, yeah. like I said, I've seen her in a few things now, and I really like her. Um, and then, and then, obviously, kind of having Darren behind the camera, and um, you know, the 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 more importantly, like I say, the soundtrack of this movie I thought was fantastic. But then, and then, like you say, the the sound design was was not as strong. And it's just kind of like there's just all these different yin and yangs and pulls towards it. Mm. You know, you've got this initial setup that's interesting, but then what it turns into, and it just it just pulls itself apart ultimately. I think. Yeah, for sure. I think my yeah my kind of final thoughts, and then we'll go into recommendations. Is like this is a real hard movie to kind of decompose, having now seen it, because it's not a complete write off. It's not trash by any means. Absolutely not. You know, it it has a lot going for it. I think it has, like you say, a really cool setup and some cool stuff. But ultimately, I just having now seen it, it just goes on that pile of movies that just don't respect your time and don't keep you engaged. And I feel like that has been the case with at least half a dozen movies I've seen this year where it's like, man, I'm in on this. Oh, this cast is cool. Oh, this is a cool setup. Oh my God, nothing's happened for 40 minutes. Mm. And it's like, why does that keep happening? It's, it's really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like the movies that get you, they're the ones that hurt the most. You know, like we've seen movies that you just, you don't feel engaged for a minute one and you're like, this is going to be a complete waste of time. You know, we definitely saw a few of them at Fright Fest. Um, whereas this is not one of those movies. No. And I think the last two weeks in particular have been movies that have at least engaged us and mm. got us interested and then just haven't taken us on that journey. Yeah, they've both got us like, you know, halfway through it almost. Yeah. I, think, I think last week's movie got me further into it before I got bored. But this mm. movie came back a bit better towards the end, but both yeah. had a very big lull. Um, yeah. Yeah. What would you say on recommendations? I think I think um I think we're both very much of um if if movies have dream sequences they are a problem like they're a massive yeah. problem for you and they are a big problem for me. So I think if you're the type of person that still enjoys that in your horror and you like these kind of trippy is it real because I think a lot of the middle of the movie is a case of trying to figure out whether it's real or not and what's going on. I think then you might enjoy the middle more. And like I say, for someone that very much enjoyed the start and was okay with the end, if you were then okay with the middle, you, you could you could get along with this movie a lot more. So I think there is something there for some people. Um, but, but if you are more like me and you and, and just don't like the dream sequences, you are going to be very bored in the middle of this movie. Yeah, for sure. I think the last thing I wanted to say regarding this movie with Midsummer is like Midsummer has hallucinations in it because it also mm. has characters being drugged, but I think they do a really good job of keeping it limited and you never feel like what you're seeing doesn't matter. It really feels like everything is actually happening to those characters. And that is a problem with this movie is like yeah. you say that because they get so heavily drugged early on, you're then seeing some really crazy trippy stuff that is ultimately leading to the character blacking out each time. It it really does just like, as a viewer, you're left wondering, like it, you don't have any skin in the game. You're just like, is any of yeah, this well, matter? That's, that's the problem because like what you said, Midsummer, it just heightens the scenes that you're in. So, yeah. you know, people's faces might be distorted and more creepy, 
but they are still doing some weird. You know, the situation is real. Yeah. Whereas this, literally, you know, one of our characters will experience one of these hallucinations. They'll see some crazy stuff. People with, you know, um, you know, mild spoilers, but you know, people with with their eyes sewn shut, and you know, these real kind of crazy images. But then they'll wake up, they'll pass out, and they'll wake up in a completely different safe place. And you're just like, you know, what was this? Was any of it real? What was the weight behind it? And I think, you know, that is, um, you know, that that is the the problem with this movie in a nutshell for us. Yeah, I think for my recommendations, honestly, I don't know. Um, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't recommend it because, as I've said prior, like again and again, any movie that has me bored for at least 20 to 25 minutes i can never recommend but i think there's enough cool stuff in here that people would enjoy it um but again it's it's such a mixed bag so my answer is i don't know <laughs> yeah, that's 2020 man that's 2020 100 yeah, um but yeah that was our discussion of death of me uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, we did have some listener feedback this week. Um, of course, if you want to get involved with us, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at shbpod, or if you want to send us a longer email, it's superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we did have quite a few correspondence this week, mm. actually, which is pretty awesome. It's always great to hear from you guys. Um, first up is from Kat. Um, of course, last week there was the news of The Craft uh, sequel, not remake, sequel um in the news and yeah basically i said like i want to hear from people who love this movie mm-hmm. um i've not seen the original and i want to know kind of what people's thoughts are on this new one um but yeah cat messaging saying um hey guys this is entirely my wheelhouse um i knew we'd have some fans I, of the craft because i i would have put money on it being cat as well I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um but I, yeah i just know that it's such a beloved movie it's one of those movies like you referenced donnie darko last week yeah. that, that's one of those movies where if you just say the words donnie darko someone's ears will perk up and be like you, you mm-hmm. talking about Okay, let me talk about it um but uh she says i remember seeing this original movie in the 90s at the cinema i can't state enough how important it has been for teenage girls then and since uh because it covers so much about growing up within the story as well as the issue of race which has been an issue for the actresses too um i think this movie is incredibly savvy for uh bloomhouse people are gonna have watch parties for it at halloween because they can't go out um mm. from the trailer it looks as if it's aiming at the current generation of teenage girls but i'm certain all those who love the original will have a look too um, this is a movie which has been loved for years and a sequel demanded for that long too. Um, she also says, I really hope this new movie is everything people wish it to be. It looks good from the trailer and it was written and directed by a woman. Um, also pretty revolutionary still. Um, I've got my fingers crossed. Um, mm-hmm. She said, by the way, you don't have to read this all on the show, but I read most of it anyway. Um, and uh, cheers, Kat. Yeah, like, thanks thanks for getting in touch, Kat. Like, I, I know this is a really beloved movie and I really want to check out the original. Like, I'm not going to lie, think- bro. I... It's been a while since we've done original versus remake. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. it, I'm just putting it out there. That would be an interesting one, actually. Is it interesting? Yeah. Well, I'll add that because yeah, I, I, I do think that'd be an interesting. I'm putting it out there live. You know, I because had, I had even this thought when at least in Kat's email that I, I read her email and I was like, do you know what? This has me interested. The cast of the original looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, I am intrigued and I've, it's something I've always wanted to watch. I'm more interested in watching the original than I am the remake, but I feel <laughs> like our podcast is geared towards watching new movies. So yeah, I, I'm kind of up for the, 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 
the the revival of sequel versus remake. The last thing uh, I'll say in regards to that idea is just so you know, we'll have to watch two movies that week. Um, oh, so, <laughs> so I'll leave that with you. But other than that, no, I think it's I mean, a great I idea. I guess I could not watch Terminator <laughs> 2 for a week. <laughs> I you guess. definitely can't. I think it's the only. Honestly, I wouldn't trust you if you didn't watch Terminator every week because yeah, I feel like it keeps you saying it is. It is like it is my constant. Yeah, I knew he was gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, bring it back to the cats one. Um, I think you know. Obviously, I'm only engaging it off the trailer, but I think mm. my my biggest worry with a movie like this is, of course, them just using the brand, and I think mm-hmm. with something like Bloomhouse, like. I have to be really careful what I say here because it's very specific, but like when, because you talked about how it's written and directed by a woman, which is pretty revolutionary, which of course it is. But I think we need to always make sure that we're making great movies, regardless of who they're made by. And I think that mm. it's always wonderful to have different voices that don't get to be, to speak out, um, get their say, but it, it only ever matters ultimately if the movie's good. And yeah. I think something like Black Christmas is a great example because that was also directed by a woman, um, but the movie sucked. And so it then becomes a case of you don't blame it. You don't say, oh, the movie mm. sucked because it's a woman. Of course not. Um, but you kind of, you can't put that in the win column for that group of people um in the no, same capacity sure. with something like get out is like it's an amazing movie and then it's also made by a black man so then it's like they can have that win and you know candy man which is something that we're both very excited for um and we hope is going to be very good but like it's it's made by a black woman which is very rare in genre yeah and so if that turns out to be a big success that's going to be great um so i think something like this you have to make sure that you're not just ticking that box for the sake of it and i worry about someone like bloomhouse who have had criticism in the past mm. of these things and i always wonder if sometimes they 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 commission these movies just so they have like a leg to stand on where yeah if someone well, it, comes it, you know it very much know, felt that way with black christmas yeah like if someone comes to them and says oh you know you're not having x amount of movies made by people of color or women then they can then point to these movies and mm. you know the rebuttal of course is not going to be well those movies suck because because then blue most are going to be like well that's besides the point like we're letting people make these movies it's not our fault if they're good or not so yeah yeah i, I hope i'm like expressing it properly what i'm trying to say um but yeah I'm, i just hope that it's good basically because yeah. i worry about like, has just ticking the box for the sake of it and i think that's the worst type of representation i know, I know what you i know what you mean because and again it's very difficult and you know you, you have to try and tread carefully but I think we both want to live in a world where everyone has the same opportunity to make the movies that they want to make. And therefore all we care about is the the voices that have the, the story that needs to be heard gets heard. Mm. And I don't care who is behind the lens in that context. Uh, I don't, I, you know, it, for me, it's all about having fantastic stories and, and having, and, you know, but it is a case of are people getting the right, time behind the camera to make those stories and i think right now we're in a position where we probably do have to overcompensate a bit to open Mm. that door to um all other filmmakers out there because i think if you are um you know using the Candyman example if you are a black woman making film i think you know we would like to think it is the same for everyone but it clearly is not the case and so yeah you won't get the same opportunity no and so the fact that these things are happening and that we might even get some overcompensation because of the disparity in the past i think is um a step towards the future that we want uh, as people that you know do not see you know color gender whatever we just see movies and and we love the filmmakers that make fantastic movies and that that is that is the bottom line for us 
and I think like that's one hundred percent where we want to be. But but these are steps to get us there. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. And I think if, if you're a long term listener of the show, you'll always hear us talking about filmmakers. But when we talk about all these great movies that we love, we never talk about the uh, gender of the filmmaker. We never talk about the you know the race or the sexual orientation because none of that is important to us, um, and it never has been. You know, like we just want the the, the all of different types of people to get that opportunity to make mm. great films. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one. But yeah, I hope this is going to be put in the win category for people for sure. Yeah, um, the same with Candyman. It tonally well. just looked very different. You know, mm. for me, having not seen the original and having just seen the the promotional stuff and, and and you know i've seen images and clips even and it just it, you know they felt tonally a bit different but but you know may, maybe not like i say i can't speak to that fully because you know having not seen either yeah for sure um but yeah next up is one from uh sean from twitter um who says hey matt and mike uh hope you're both doing well i uh, really enjoyed the devil all the time discussion and can't wait to watch it um florida and the u.s are still a bit of a mess because of covid as a result our film festival has gone digital um i was curious if you guys have heard any buzz around any of these festival films um he put a, a link to the lineup um he says a few i look notable to me were detention um which is a video game adaptation i actually had to look this one up because i'd never heard of this video game um and it's a very small horror game that came out a couple of years ago but it it's sounds very, very weird because it got like wild uh w- widely banned didn't it oh quickly. did it i didn't know yeah yeah, yeah i would never heard of this one it got pulled from the shelves right. um in a lot of territories i can't think i can't think what the reason was behind it um i think think, that might have something to do with like the was it the free hong kong protests or something i thought it it was somewhere where i think it was like um it was some sort of political messaging i think i think yeah yeah um but yeah yeah i don't know too much about the game um but yeah it was crazy they're doing a film adaptation already um Mm. he mentions honeydew um run uh, black bear and mandibles um i have heard of a few of them actually obviously run is one that i'm very much looking forward to so obviously mm. check that one out um and uh yeah it just says um i'm looking forward to this week's episode and as always wish you both the best um i did look up the date as well and that starts this week in fact so you by the time you listen to this sean you probably will have already watched some of those movies um so of course definitely check us uh let us know um how you get on um because yeah you're going to obviously be seeing run toward uh, before us which is pretty awesome but also a lot of these movies sound really cool um and yeah, I hope you enjoy Definitely. the movie. I mean, it, it sounds like the the massive lottery that we have with our yes. kind of Fright <laughs> Digital where, you know, there's going to be a ton of movies that you won't have heard of. And it, it will be interesting to see what the wins are because it sounds like you're doing the hard work and <laughs> what maybe watching a load of trash. So then you can tell us the couple of good ones. Yeah, there was a lot of movies there when I looked at the lineup. There was a couple that were for Fright Fest as well. I think it was like AV The Hunt was there, um, okay. which obviously we didn't get to see, but people were fans of. Um but yeah, yeah that definitely. was one that we wanted to see that was one yeah. of the clashes that you know was difficult yeah um so yeah definitely let us know whatever you see for sure um next up is one from cody um who says dear super horror brothers um i finished hereditary recently and can understand what the hype was about uh though my initial viewing had me confused about a few of the plot points i went back to revisit it and got a better understanding of the movie um i really enjoyed this film and i think it just beats midsummer as my favorite aster film um i can't oh. wait to see what else his brilliant mind makes in the future um yeah like it, I, I know i say this so much but i really want to rewatch hereditary you know i've only seen it once at the cinema 
when it was my fresh viewing and obviously we watch you know a movie every single week so you don't always get the time to kind of decompose it properly um mm. and, and even though i still feel pretty confident in my view on it which is that i like it and i respect it but i don't love it because it's not particularly my cup of tea um but of course i think it's without a doubt a movie that i should revisit after all this time i think it know? fell off the streaming <clears throat> service it was on was it on amazon oh, really? or or it was, it was on, on amazon netflix. or netflix it's one or the other and it's disappeared i think you're right i think it was netflix and then it got taken off because i remember because we had a discussion a few weeks ago uh, as we always do about midsummer and it mm. made me want to watch it and i went to look for it and it was no longer there and i was like god damn it wait which one hereditary 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 because yeah. i just made me want to rewatch, you know his his movies yeah yeah you have rewatched it though haven't you since we um, saw it at the cinema yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i did like it you know um i think i mean i think the problem was is that we really liked the movie it just wasn't mm. in our wheelhouse like it yeah. wasn't a movie that we um trashed and it was a movie that came very close to our top 10 that year mm. it's just for a lot of people it was top of their top 10 that year you know yeah. um but i think um you know it's it's interesting that it took repeated viewings to, to get to that level for cody because um you know i wonder i wonder if he if he has seen kind of midsummer as many times uh, yeah, I think he was talking about. I think up. he was talking about Midsummer, wasn't he? Where he was like, "I sure it was Cody, right?" That was like he watched it and then he didn't like it, so he watched it again. Yeah, and then watched. The, was it the one that watched? <laughs> yeah, did he watch the director's cut? Maybe I, I can't think remember. so. Yeah. But yeah, but, um, I think um, you know they're both fantastic movies. I think that's the upshot of it. Yeah, I I need to watch it because as someone who's watched like Midsummer about six or seven times at this point, I need to at least watch Hereditary one more time, and then I can just keep watching Midsummer for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. He also says I decided to use my Disney Plus and start to binge the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons. Nice. Uh, while not while not all uh, gory and scary, um, most make satire of common horror tropes and other stereotypes. I think these are worth a watch. Um, yeah, I love those episodes. I watched like the new one last year that I think was the thirtieth one where they did like Stranger mm. Things in shape of water nice. that was really good um and yeah i've already seen like they're doing like some cool stuff for this year as well so yeah i, I love those episodes yeah they're i assume great. on disney plus there is like a way just there is to there is a those. collection yeah. fantastic i might have to do that as well because <laughs> when i read this email i was like that is a fantastic idea i wonder how many of them are like i wonder how child friendly they are yeah um yeah but yeah i definitely want to watch them for sure yeah um so yeah he also has some questions um he says what do you two do to celebrate halloween um i'll go first because i'm probably in a pretty different scenario to you but i don't really do much like just watch a couple of movies really um that that's generally all i do like there isn't too much to do as an adult obviously on halloween but um yeah just throw on a couple of classics like, i always love watching halloween free that's kind of like my go-to movie if there's if i can't think of anything else that's always the one i go to but just any good horror movies on the night um yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, obviously um, trick-or-treating and the, the fun kitty stuff is is more open to me right now, and that's happening with, you know, um, with the little one. But I think kind of beyond that, um, uh, Halloween isn't this big thing in, in no. the UK. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just horror movies. It's just watching some classics. And I think um, in recent years with the podcast, um, we do spend, you know, every week we are reviewing a new horror. Um, mm. Plus, watching Terminator Two does mean <laughs> that I don't have a lot of space to watch the classics necessarily. And so, I think Halloween is just a nice time to revisit some of those. Um, and so, yeah, kind of in recent years, I'm trying not to just watch the same thing and just watch some of these classics that I haven't seen before. Mm. Um, 
I think I think this year might be time to watch Evil Dead again, the remake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, the remake. I right. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a minute. Oh, and, I watched that all the time. Um, I need to watch the original ones, the films again. Yeah, well, because I, I don't know what happened. Because obviously I watched all three Evil Dead movies and then I watched all of Ash vs. Evil Dead. And so <laughs> to complete 2020, I need to watch the remake. So I think mm-hmm. Halloween's the time. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, lastly, says, um, for someone who doesn't have a Shudder account, what movies or series do you think are worth a subscription? Uh, I've contemplated getting one for a while now, but haven't made the jump. Um, he also says, cheers. Hope you're both doing well with quarantine. We went back a few phases, so dining restaurants and things are out of the question um, in our part of Illinois. Um, well, yeah, I hope you're, I hope you're staying safe and staying sane, Cody. But, um, yeah, as far as Shudder stuff, obviously we talk about Shudder a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're a long-term listener, so you, you'll have heard all the stuff that we, uh, enjoy on the, on the subscription. But yeah, I think as far as movies go, of course, this year, like Host is the big standout movie. Um, Host kind and of, Scare Package. Both, yeah. Both those, great. those two you kind of have to watch. I think going back a little bit, we've, we kind of always recommend the Hell House movies. Yeah. Um, and yeah i mean obviously the, the horror doc and, is on there and, as well uh, yeah the horror doc obviously creep show as a tv yeah, show, creep show. Was, a, was a great tv show mm. um but they have you know they've got like one cut the dead yeah on there. um they have um summer of 84 yeah um, oh yeah definitely summer of 84 that's a great yeah show. you know that they have um what else do they have oh they had that uh tigers are not afraid yeah um you said about the 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 hell the hell house movies i was trying to think what else is on there but you know there there's some you know all of these are pretty recent horror movies and mm. then i think with that they have the the backup of you know some some decent older stuff as well yeah um, i think that'd be a good there. way of describing it like um, it's decent it's not an amazing lineup of no, all the stuff no i feel like that needs to be more in because because in watching the 80s horror doc it, mm. you know there was a lot that i wanted to watch that i then searched on shudder and every single one of them it didn't have which was yeah. frustrating um well other movies finding, are just oh, hard to find full stop the, really. the ranger is on there now which was a right. movie that we saw at fright fest that we weren't massive fans on but it mm. was but it was kind of you know an interesting fright fest pick um yeah. that's where i saw terrifier for the first time as well on shudder all oh, right yeah a lot so, of, i know a lot of like rob stuff is on you know, there as you well think, like... yeah exactly uh, yeah definitely if you are a rob fan but yeah stuff like you know you think a lot of those movies that we've named are movies Train to from. Gone on there, I don't know. Mm. I don't know because net. I think I think that was Netflix, wasn't it? Well, because I I can't. I could have sworn in the Peninsula thing, like because Peninsula has come into Shudder in twenty twenty one. So I thought they was might it? have already acquired um, right. Train to Busan and Soul Station. I don't remember but... it being on there, mm. but it might be. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I think there's a lot there to go on, and obviously things like um, Creep Show. It, like we we've spoken about a lot on the show mm. but um that is fantastic and they're going all in on it so we've got yeah. a great first season we've got an animated Hall- halloween special to come and we've got um you know season two to look forward to and i think kind of um and season two sounded great from the announcements we've got yeah. so i think you know they are i think 2020 is the year that shoda has gone large mm. which has coincided great for them with us all being at home and i think like it is becoming a uh you know an all-round good horror package but but notably you know everything we're spoken about there is reasonably new stuff you know yeah. it's all within the last five years we're not talking about 
oh yeah you know you could just watch the friday the 13th every single movie mm. i'm like you know it's not the place for that which is kind of what it needs to start to add i think a bit more of that back oh, it's gonna be so hard though like I lic- licensing for all horror movies is just a goddamn nightmare <laughs> like i would love it but i don't even know where you'd even st- i mean you mentioned friday the 13th which is literally like an absolute nightmare when it comes to licensing but i think oh, when yeah, you look at most franchises it, but, like know nightmare on elm street and halloween it's like it's just so hard to get those licenses yeah like i don't think they have a single one of any of those movies no like do they have Um, chucky i don't think they have any chucky movies or like anything no and i think that's the part of it where it's kind of i feel like it's more of like i think like vhs and stuff is on there right that's awesome if that's on there yeah i think it is um maybe i'm talking rubbish but um you know i think it's stuff like that that's kind of like in the last 10 years that they seem mm. to get more of and they they the, you know it is some of the older stuff yeah um, um but, yeah. but yeah there's plenty there for sure um so yeah I, I if you're kind of on the fence cody going into the halloween season because i think you can get like a free trial as well like, yeah I'd definitely definitely recommend it and definitely check out all those things and obviously if you are a, a documentary fan like the 80s horror dog is awesome and so is cursed yeah. films which is really cool as well um yeah. but yeah thank you very much cody and then lastly um from the other sean not sean from twitter um he is doing his uh horror challenge for october mm. um where he's gonna watch a new horror movie every single day this month um obviously i, I i've already i've always heard about people do this like have you have you ever done this um i i've tried yeah. and i always get to like the, the the low teens and i'm suddenly like oh shit i didn't watch one for three days <laughs> and <laughs> and I've, I've just uh like it's not because i've lost the drive i just forget and then i'm like well if i'm not gonna stay true then it just doesn't count and so Mm. i just then i just then i just drop off yeah i think the highest i've got is is somewhere in the teens yeah i don't think i've ever tried it like i would like to at some point but obviously we just we watch so many movies already like it's it's Mm. a lot but i think it's a really cool thing to do but um yeah he's keeping us up to date like some of these are really cool the first one he saw was soul survivor um from 1983 uh not a movie i've heard of that was bold by the (laughs) way that's a bold first choice (laughs) yeah yeah do you know what i mean like i guess i guess do you gamble early doors while you're still excited (laughs) or you know i i feel like i would have i would have gone with a couple of bangers you know early doors you know a couple that he he did a bit later i just feel like start with that bang and then and then <laughs> and then go obscure but i love that he went obscure straight away well i love that like sean just like oh, i've heard good things and he just has like a sealed blu-ray of this movie that i've never heard of <laughs> um but yeah, yeah it, it, i think he said it was okay that one um yeah he then went on to the bay which i think i've seen this movie yeah i've um, seen the bay it's like that fairly recent found footage movie isn't it with like a yeah. virus on a beach or something type thing yeah yeah i remember thinking it was all right um and then i think who was it directed by was it directed by someone like known i couldn't tell you (laughs) i thought it was but yeah and then yeah he's kind of saw some classics since then so what did he see alien first which is like Mm -hmm. a brand new 4k that just looks lovely like yeah i can imagine what that looks like i really want to start watching some of these like 4k remakes um And then what was the last two? It was uh, The Shining. Um, the Shining. And what did he say he was going to do after that? I can't remember. That. Oh, it was uh, Christine. Um, Christine, yeah. Which uh, I've never seen that movie. Have you seen it? Um, I have, but but years ago. I, I Like, it's one of those that I really need to give a rewatch to. I'm just, you know, because I've, I saw it probably 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's one of those, like, I've. it must be one of the few, like, Carpenter movies that I've just flat out, I don't think I've ever seen. Like, of course, I'm aware of it, and I've seen clips mm. of, like, the car and that, 
but like i definitely have not seen this movie um so i'll have to check it out but yeah like all those last three were all like 4k ones and like yeah mm. man i'm just sean's out there living that 4k life which is which is always good to see like yeah I just really want to start getting these lovely like 4K restorations of these movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to living that 4K life soon. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a nice future. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Plenty of correspondence, which is always awesome. Keep them coming, of course, in this very definitely. busy Halloween month. Yeah, um, definitely. Like if you're checking out movies, if you're if you're participating in the Halloween challenge, then uh, let mm. us know. Yeah, I definitely want to like try and watch more because like I got into the rut of obviously the last couple of months of just watching the movies for the podcast, mm. and I really haven't watched too much else. But like I have recently bought The Witch to rewatch and like a few others that I want to check out. Like I've wanted, I have never, I still not seen Soul Station, which was the kind of prequel to Train to Busan as well. Um, and I do want to rewatch that, didn't you? You've yeah. got it. Yeah, I have that on Blu-ray, and like I <laughs> want to. Yeah, I, I picked up a fright fest, and um, yeah. obviously Train to Busan. I, I bought the Blu-ray of that immediately, and I've not mm. watched the Blu-ray. I only watched it when we watched it for the show, um, and obviously with Peninsula coming, I, th- those are two that I definitely want to watch soon. Um, so yeah, I have plenty of stuff that I want to check out very soon. Um, but yeah, as far as the coming weeks, um, yeah, we're apparently at the cinema for the next show, which is pretty mental. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> um, yeah, like as of right now, as long as our cinema is open, it is showing listings um, for Saint Maud, um, which is a, a brand new horror movie coming out in 2020 in the cinema, which is pretty mental. Um, yep. And yeah, I've heard some good things for it. So yeah, I'm, I'm always excited for like a new horror release in the cinema because it's just so goddamn rare, man. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. I one. um yeah, I, I got sent another email about that today that that told me that it's a horror masterpiece. All right, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I very much trust that. Um, that random whatever whoever said that quote. Oh, it's um, from from Odeon trying enough. to trying to make me go to the cinema. <laughs> They're like, yeah. please, it's a horror masterpiece. Please come. <laughs> We we we've seen that you only go to watch horror movies that no one else watches. Yeah. We've literally they've probably got the reel in just for us to be fair. So we may as well yeah. go and give us give them our five pounds. Um, they have the reel for a quiet place. Okay, they can get me there for that. <laughs> yeah, we're and we're definitely willing to pay more than five pounds for that, Odie. And if you listen, um, correct. And then yeah, of Hit course, th- there'll be one thing that a lot of people, pretty much everyone, hopefully listening, was going to be watching this weekend, um, which is the haunting of Bly Manor um which yeah i'm i'm really much looking forward to so obviously once we once we've uh marathoned through all the episodes we'll be discussing that in the coming weeks which does is this, gonna be fun does this drop in one go yeah 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 yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, not, Friday, I'm not gonna lie bro when you when you started saying that i thought you were talking about the walking dead finale <laughs> <laughs> you'll be watching that um which, which i will be watching and giving my thoughts on next yes. week and you have exactly 90 seconds to give us your thoughts on it next week <laughs> Look, um, no one will put me in a time bubble talking <laughs> about Walking Dead. All right. To be fair, at this point, we need the content, so I'm I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, yeah that... I was going to say we're 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 precisely four or five weeks away <laughs> from you giving me my segment where I review Terminator Two every week. <laughs> so <laughs> like... I think now is a perfect time to stop this podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was episode two hundred and seventeen. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, You'll die soon enough anyway, shut up, I can't. Mainly because I never could, and how could I start that?